Welcome to another Connection Tech Experience Solutions podcast. James Hilliard back with you all. Preparing kids for the future. That is, at the highest level, the goal of schools and the education system. As a result of the COVID pandemic, many school IT teams found their need to reevaluate the tools they were using and explore options to help support teachers and admins in that mission. Getting a fresh look, solutions from Microsoft, including Autopilot, Intune, and more. Today, Connections VP of State, Local, and Education Field Sales, Lisa Trishiani, and Rick Sabaris, Director of End User Computing and Mobility, they joined the conversation to discuss what those teams looked at, why they looked at it, and ultimately what benefits the solutions are bringing to the education space. So Lisa, evaluating modern solutions, helping manage and deploy devices to students, that was a journey that many school IT teams found themselves on. So from what you've heard from them, what was one of the biggest learnings, things that those teams really learned over the past several months, years? They learned that having so many different images was almost impossible and they couldn't touch all of these devices, nor could they figure out where they were going, who they were going to. And then it got even crazier because everybody was trying to get the same platform. And it's really hard when you change devices or you can't get what you need and you've got to figure out an image because you've got to test the image. You've got to make sure it it works. With autopilot, they don't have to do that. They could have any device. So I I think it really changed the way um, that they were deploying and managing um, everything where they started using the Microsoft tools. Rick? The majority of corporations are using um, Microsoft Suite. And and so, you know, it, it behooves the schools to start to help the kids get a little bit more um, towards that Microsoft ecosystem. And their their deployment platform, as Lisa mentioned, with Intune and Autopilot is really robust these days. And, and it's it's very mature you log in pretty quickly and what your what apps are available to you come down and you can take advantage of them and and, and you can redeploy devices you can secure them and, and make them more available and Rick let's dive a bit deeper here autopilot right what was that technology doing in other areas let's say the business world that the education space was starting to look at and now saying, hey, we can kind of benefit from that too. It's eliminated the need to have multiple images. Today, you can leverage the power of Microsoft Active Directory and add applications and packages to the environment and to Intune so that when you log in, it knows that I am in this classroom. And as part of uh, this classroom, let's just say eighth grade, Um, history, it knows I need this history book to come down onto my device. And it's smart. And when that class ends, I can repurpose it. And then next year, I may have history too. So there's there's always options for for that to, to come to be refreshed at the end of each semester. And typically in the past, Lisa, in the education space, If a machine was going out to a student, and we saw over the last two years or so, almost a one-to-one machine-to-student situation. We got rid of the cows because there wasn't a classroom to bring that cart into. Those machines had to go into 
to individuals. It was hard if folks were on a platform, say, like using Chromebooks, because some of those machines weren't even coming home. So something like an autopilot could have eliminated, made it easier to image and get those uh, machines up and running quickly for students. But a lot of teams in education ran into a point where they couldn't do that because they weren't even touching the machines before they got to students. Right. So I think people forget that you could have a ubiquitous, a hybrid environment, right? You could have Google platform in some areas and then using Windows devices in others like the high school. Um, and I think Rick was talking about the preparation for these kids for their careers and using um, the Microsoft suite. So I think that um, enabling them, and, and it was to a point where we were shipping out any device we could get our hands on. It didn't matter if it was image, not image, they needed to get something in their hands. And that's not digital equity. That is if you've got just a device and it's not doing what you need it to do and you don't have the right applications to learn, teach or work, it, it's, it's not going it, to, it's just going to be a piece of hardware. It's what the software brings to the table and how you interact, engage and how you learn. So I think that, yes, we had the right concept in getting a one to one in a device in people's hands. But did we really accomplish what we needed to accomplish? And what we're alluding to there is utilizing an autopilot and then the associated technology as well, Intune and stuff. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about that. That can provide for that digital uh, equity. And now we're really utilizing the tools to the benefit of those students so that they can learn and all that. I mean, that's ultimately what bringing in uh, an autopilot could mean for school districts out there. Let's talk a little bit, and, and Rick, again, coming back to you, a little bit about what you hear from customers, why are they really looking at Autopilot and the Microsoft ecosystem today? What are some of the benefits they're looking to grab? So the ability to keep a, a track of devices is really important for them. If, if a device was to get stolen and it's part of an MDM ecosystem, such as Intune, uh, it could be remote wiped. So corporate data can be very protected. Um, they no longer have to have a, a large amount of images. So back to my example of history one versus history two, um, you might need to have an image for each of those in the past. Today, you can refresh a device very quickly and have it pull down just the apps that are required for that classroom or that groups of classrooms, that grade level, in a very quick amount of time and it can be done all remotely it doesn't need to come back because there are commands in the, in windows that just reset it back to the the way the machine came when the box was delivered so um you know Len lenovo comes with a build of windows 10 or 11 and at, when you reset it it goes back to what it looks like when the box came to the house and when you log in with your school email, it says, oh, now I'm Rick and I need to download, you know, these group of classes and then it's done. And at the end of the semester, you can you can remote wipe it. You can, you know, make sure that the device is ready for the next time that it needs to be used. And you brought up the, the point that if a device kind of went missing. 
Um, and some could be, you know, taken intentionally, but some I'm thinking about some scenarios that I'm aware of. We had folks that were in our school district and they moved to Kansas. Maybe that laptop just got put in, you know, the the packing box in the hurry to get out and, you know, went there. So that's something that can be uh, then remotely wiped. Let me ask you about this real quickly, Rick. What about an eighth grader finishes those history one and two classes and now is moving on to high school? Can we then still keep that laptop with the individual student, wipe it, reimage it? Now it's ready for them as a freshman. Right. Are those some of the opportunities as well? So a device can go to a student and then maybe stay with them their whole you know, uh, K-12 education timeline. Yes, I, I would say that that's definitely an option um, I, from what I'm seeing. Most of the um, most of the environments are, are based on an education area, um, a, a county, let's say. So the county would have the, the you know, the, the grades kindergarten through eight and then the high school grades and it, it would all be part of the same MDM. So you can have that natural progression for the life of the machine. And when it's end of life, then it can be brought back to the school and recycled. But, you know, it, it, it can go as long as the, the students will allow the, that the classes are, are available to the students. So it can go all the way through their educational um, life. And Lisa, one of the things about the room, I mean, I remember sitting in lines for 30 plus minutes to either pick up devices or turn them back in and all that. I mean, it was a crazy uh, time for that. And I had three students that was doing that. So one that was, uh, uh, you know, parents time. But that was also time the machines weren't with the kids and then they were gone for a couple of days, right, to be re-imaged and taken care of. And then you had faculty out there that weren't in the classroom teaching, weren't working on uh, prep plans. They were working on physical technology stuff. That's not what we need our teachers doing. That's a benefit as well. It really alleviates everybody else to do their jobs. I think that the bigger... The bigger piece for a lot of our faculty and some of our kids um, was how, how do I teach and how do I learn remotely? And I think being able, uh, there were so many teachers that said, yes, I need professional development, but I don't even know how to plug in my Lenovo laptop to an external monitor. Like they didn't know the hardware piece to be able to be go to the network and have my whole profile pulled up all the applications I need. Uh, it was, it, there's something to be said for that. Um, it takes out the technology, like the calling the help desk, not being able to figure it out. It takes that stress out of it. They can actually teach. They can actually focus on what they need to focus on. They can focus on the students and they can focus on the curriculum. Um, and I think that even from a student perspective, when, when you look at Google, Yes, it, it, it's an amazing platform. It, it's really great um, for, for what it's used for. But if I could have a Lenovo device that I could use and say I don't have network, if I don't have a network connection or I don't have LTE, I can still work on that device. And that's a big deal for a lot of these kids. We saw buses that had access points driving around so that people had access to get um, or going to a McDonald's or a parking lot at a library. That's a big problem too. When, you, when you're looking at, tech, it's not just about the device. It's not just about um, the imaging. It's, it's about being connected too. And I think that's a big deal um, for, for them to have the ability to have everything all set, 
all set up for them and shipped directly to their houses. So there's there there isn't there isn't an issue. One of the schools that we just talked to said, hey, we're talking about hybrid from an administration standpoint, but from a scholastic, people are like, oh yeah, everybody's back in the classroom. We want to be back in the classroom. And he said, well, what happens when I've got three students that have tested positive? I can't have them back in the classroom. They feel great. I mean, they're jumping around in their rooms. I need to have the ability to have them still connect to that class and still take the class remotely. So we're forgetting that we still have those instances happening. But if I've got a device that is already imaged and I don't have to create multiple images by curriculum or student or faculty or administration, it, it's amazing. And Rick, something that Lisa was just saying there, right? A, a sick student, uh, whether it be current illnesses or just, you know, good old uh, fashioned chicken pox and things like that, where kids may be home, we can continue the education. Here's though an issue that I ran into, Rick, and it all ties together. Um, my students, the three of them, they did all have Chromebooks. And I tell you, Rick, I consider myself a tech guy. I've been talking about this industry for 20 years. I've been around. I've been talking to smart guys like you for 20 years. So I think I'm even smarter than I really am. And there were times I couldn't get a picture into like the, the G suite because the kid needed it in some type of, you know, uh, presentation. And if it had been on windows, I'd be like, yo, dude, control this boom, boom, done. I'd be done in a second. Parents, a lot of us don't know that ecosystem. We know Windows. It's what we work on. And so there's also a benefit there that we are finding ourselves in a role of helping our students more in terms of their education. So uh, your thoughts there, has that come up in any conversations of parents being bewildered um, and that this is an area that could kind of help some of that communication at home as well? You bring up some really excellent points. Um, in my, I have um, one of my three children has uh, just graduated graduated high school last year and started college. And, you know, when he started working with Chromebooks early on, I found myself in that same situation. As a technical person, I could learn anything, but I have to go and learn it. But I've been working with the Microsoft suite for uh, the better part of 30 years. And for me, it's second nature. And I think what you just said is really important because it, it it allows the parents to jump in and be able to try and help the student, help help their children be a little bit more successful. And um, it, it, it brings out, you know, much more cohesiveness by being able to leverage applications that they use and teach them why they're using something as opposed to just do it and follow directions that are from a teacher. I, I've seen I've seen that as well. And it's it's helped my children as they've matured through the school system. And one of the things that, that schools are out there, Lisa, we're trying to prepare them for the world. And and I think and I want to come back in a little bit. We'll, we'll talk more about that hybrid because I do believe. Right. Us of the older generation do need to learn the newer tools um, that is important to do. But it's also to bring, you know, you don't want to have a child be in one area for 12, 18 years of their life and then all of a sudden thrown into the workforce. And, hey, I don't know how to do this. Right. Because then they've got an even a stiffer learning curve. They've got to learn the technology. They've got to learn what it's like to work for an organization, all that. So I, I, I can see why schools would be looking at that as well to try and bridge that gap to make sure that. 
you know, they are prepared there. Um, we'll come back to the hybrid thing in a little bit. I did want to spend a little bit of time. And folks, we're not going to do a deep tech dive here. But Lisa, um, again, this is one of those, what's some of the early feedback maybe you've been hearing from school districts and the technical side of the house there that have adopted autopilot? We've said what some of the promise is, right? Rick went over that well in the beginning. What have they come back and said, you know what, Lisa, thank you for guiding us towards autopilot. We did start using some of that technology. And wow, this is what we've been benefiting from. These are the experiences we're having. What have they been saying back to you, Lisa? So I think it's um, you need less resources to be able to support when you're doing autopilot. They're not doing images in-house. They're not shipping back and forth um, either the hard drive or the system or waiting for a device to be shipped to them so that they can actually work on their images. So it, it's made it a lot easier for them. They're there are many schools, and, and I think that in public sector, it's a very early adoption, and you very rarely see a full deployment, um, especially in higher education with autopilot. Um, we, we're, we're seeing that it's, um, it's helping with um, patch updates. I don't know about you, but I am, I am the biggest offender where it says, oh, update your antivirus. Okay, I'll do that later. Um, so I think, whoops, probably shouldn't have said that, but anyway, um, but it, it actually helps automation, right? It truly helps the automation piece of it. And so we just, um, we've been fortunate, fortunate, fortunate where, um, the world has seen that there's, there's an issue there, there's a, a gap in education and we're catching up real fast right now, but, um, we did have an issue. And so there was a federally funded program, ECF, um, that went into place. And one of the biggest things that I, I think a lot of our um, customers were afraid of was the management piece. How do we manage all of these devices for a certain amount of time and make sure we know exactly where they are? You've got manufacturers like Lenovo who stepped up to the plate inexpensive devices that were less than $400 that we were able to deploy to our customers, ready imaged, ready to the houses, um, that these kids were now able to participate and engage and learn. And that's what we're here for. Rick, we've said that by using autopilot, teams don't have to be out there, the schools, don't have to do all this imaging and all that, but someone does. And so I don't want it to be lost on our audience. That that's what we are also bringing to the table. We've got some of those expertise. Can you talk a little bit about how does our team work with a district to make sure their needs are met there to set up autopilot? So, you know, these machines are hitting the ground running as soon as they get into a student's hands. Sure. So uh, take Lenovo, for instance, Le Lenovo will come delivered to either the student directly or the school system in a group set up with the default a default windows instance or image so now you have a windows on a device um, but to set up the infrastructure in a google environment in general it requires someone to learn how to do that reading books but um, you know in the microsoft space there's there's a lot of opportunity out there and connection has a a, a strong white glove offering 
that will come and put everything together. So once the initial licenses are purchased for the school, um, Connection will come in using the white glove, build the tenant from the ground up, package the student applications, and help get all of the students into the Active Directory. And then at that point, the students are point and click from the local administrator makes it really easy so that when a device is shipped to the end student's house, all he has to do is turn it on and use the school email address and everything that that, that student needs for their semester comes down at that point in time. Lisa, I want to come back to the hybrid idea because I, again, I mean, we hear it in education. We hear it in the business world. I mean, we are just not going to, I don't believe, ever go back to uh, the old world that we all know of those, uh, you know, uh, environments where just everything's the same. It's just that change. And that started changing years ago, which is bring your own device right to the office. Um, and, and that, uh, I think, is, is finding its way into education as well. So the hybrid, the, the idea... Well, let me ask you this, and this is this is more just so uh, I get an uh, understanding here. Maybe we include, maybe we don't. But let me ask you, Lisa, in a hybrid environment, can autopilot be utilized? Can the Intune technologies be utilized to also manage some of these Google devices? You've got your your managed console that will manage your um, Google devices, um, but you've got all these different components. Um, and, and it's really ubiquitous, right? You've got some people maybe using Jamf, some people maybe using um, your Intune, um, but you can have a hybrid in, in environment um, where you can have multiple devices, Android devices um, that Intune can support. Um, so it's okay to have an environment where you've got younger students who could be using iPads, You've got um, some students who could be in the middle grades using Google, which is great. And then you've got the higher education, um, or I should say high school um, ages, where they, they need to know that Office 365 um, platform. The funny thing to me is that even when you go into high ed, um, in Google, you don't have to save your papers. Can you imagine doing a paper on Windows for the first time and not saving it? Oh, boy. Uh, they don't know that they have to save a paper. Um, so it, it's a it's a huge learning curve. And I think that these kids are going through so many different changes to have to change the way that they learn technology too. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and one of the things that we're hearing from higher education is that these kids are not coming prepared for their freshman year of college, that they're not learning and they're not ready um, for their freshman year. Um, so we need to do a better job. We've got the technology. We've got the so we've got the software. We've got the ability to connect those dots and help prepare these kids um, for their freshman year of higher education. And Rick, you had mentioned, right? You have now a freshman in college. I've got one graduating this year. I've got one in high school. I've got one in middle school. What I appreciate about how Lisa just laid out this hybrid uh, could look from iPads in one to Chromebooks in another to these Windows devices as they move on. Now we also do have much more well-rounded technology-versed students. They've learned multiple platforms instead of dinosaurs like you and me, Rick, who just knew one platform growing up. I, I would agree with you, uh, James. The clouds actually added a lot more flexibility. So documents are saved. They don't need to be saved on the device anymore. 
Um, O365 comes with OneDrive, allows you to save your documents directly in the cloud. And by having a mobile phone that's connected to it, you really can get your documents anywhere. Another thing that I wanted to bring up is Microsoft recently released Windows 365, which is a VDI desktop in the cloud. What we're hearing customers thinking about is to use Windows 365 for a work group. So imagine a project in the history class we were talking about earlier, and you want to collaborate. You can work on a desktop that you just point and click through your browser, and now you're launched and you're working on things that your group is working on up in the cloud. There are other ways to do it, but that's a really quick way to build something. And we're hearing a lot of uh, customers asking us about that technology. So it's uh, it's useful across across the spectrum, education included. We've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about autopilot. Uh, we've talked about some of the promises of uh, improving things when it comes to the imaging and saving time for the schools there. We've talked about how uh, the MDM, the aspect that we can keep eyes on these devices. We've talked as, as we were just uh, touching on the hybrid uh, uh, approach and, and really the reality that we all expect that it will be a hybrid technology environment for so many of our students. Lisa, one of the last things I want to go back to is a little bit of the, the funding issue because there are costs. Um, what I'm hearing here is that we're not looking to rip and replace costs because we can have these hybrid environments and autopilot can support uh, helping manage other uh, devices that are uh, maybe not of the Microsoft ecosystem, right? So, so there benefits there but you had brought up something you brought up this ecf which is i believe funding coming from the federal level and, and rick i know you know about funding as well and there's some opportunities so let's take just a couple of minutes of uh of telling everyone lisa starting with you how are schools they're saying hey we have invested heavily here chromebooks but we see a benefit of looking into the Microsoft ecosystem and we want to make some changes for our students. We want to bring them more choices and opportunities. How do they fund some of those projects moving forward? The K-12 arena, they were very fortunate with, with funding over the past couple of years. And, and I say fortunate, right? It, it's um, I feel like looking at a positive and an optimistic standpoint is we're in a situation where technology moved a little bit quicker in public sector um, because they had to, right? Every, everybody moved. Um, and with um, the federal government, with the, with the homework gap, ECF was a program that was put out with multiple waves now. Um, very similar when you look, look at E-rate um, from connectivity, uh, the, the networking st uh, standpoint. Um, ECF allowed them to have and it was it was 100% funded um, where they could get a device up to $400. And then they also had um, a services component to that as well. Now, folks like Lenovo came up to the plate and said, you know what, we're going to get some Windows devices that meet those needs where we can deploy them. And we did. We, I mean, we had one institution where we deployed 14,000 machines under the ECF funding and it helped so many children. And you don't realize in a school district that there could be over 7,500 homeless children. And for them not to be able to be and participate in an education, it, it, that's not digital equity. Everybody deserves um, the right to have the ability to learn. 
Um, so when you look at those types of um, Cinderella stories, when ECF and the federal government was funding those programs, if I went above $400, and I needed um, classroom technology and I needed other ways of funding, I had ESSER funds. So the ESSER funds helped with other accessories and other needs um, for if I needed a microphone, if I, if I needed an actual camera. It's so important for these kids to be eye to eye with their professor. Um, I think at the beginning, um, they were, I don't know, maybe they were going to play basketball and then they would come back and put the, their, their video on. Teachers weren't able to manage um, and see these kids and the engagement wasn't there. And now it is. Now we're learning. One of the things here that we won't make the assumption of is, folks, maybe you're not all that familiar with all of the funding, right? There are some people within districts that that's really their their focus. The, the good news is we've got team members that are aware of the funding. And so I'll give you some contact information as, as we always do here in a little bit at the end, but we'd love to have you continue the conversation with us and, and talk about the needs that you have. Where do you want to take your students? Uh, where do you want your districts to be uh, sitting in the next coming months and years? And again, what are some of the funding opportunities? Rick, before uh, give out some of that contact information and all that good stuff, what are some some of the other uh, funding opportunities that you're aware of, just to kind of plant that seed in the mind of our listeners. Oh yeah, there's more out there. This conversation should continue. Yes, Microsoft has um, ECIF funds, ECIF funds. And in some cases, they'll be available to help get the environment set up. So I talked about our white glove offering to build the environment from the ground up. Um, that's a potential that a school system might qualify for and be able to leverage those funds to turn on the Intune autopilot suite. And, and Rick, in terms of these types of fundings, what's the best way for listeners that maybe haven't engaged in that before? How do they start or who do they talk with about these funding programs? If your customer is aware of their Microsoft account manager, that's a good first step. Um, if not, their, their connection account manager would be very in tune to be able to bring in the Microsoft account manager to make sure that both parties, both connection and Microsoft, are able to make sure that there's the maximum amount of funding available to a school system. All right. Well, that's some good direction there for everyone, Rick. Do thank you. And thank you, Lisa, as well for sharing your thoughts here today. Uh, I told you all just a couple moments ago that we'd have some contact information. So the best thing you can do Talk to your account manager, just as Rick had mentioned there. Also, keep in touch with your Microsoft reps as well, especially in terms of exploring those funding options that are available. ESSER, ESIF, we, we mentioned several there. Uh, between Connection and Microsoft, we have plenty of folks on board that can help you navigate through and learn all you need to learn about those funding options. I'm also going to invite all of you to visit govconnection.com. From there, you can access really all you need about uh, supporting your school environment. Also, if you don't have an account team in place, you can use at govconnection.com the contact page. There's an email, a couple phone numbers there so you can get connected with our team. With that, as always, I'm going to also invite you to please subscribe, like, and share our Tech Experience Solutions podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And on behalf of our entire team, we want you to continue to be safe, be well, and we do look forward to talking to you all down the road. Thank you.